Hello, everyone. Thank you for those of you who are joining us right now. We are streaming, uh, like I said, today through a different platform. So a lot of bumps along the way, but I, I have some good information for you today. Of course, I wouldn't be wasting your time if I didn't think I was going to impart upon you something that you needed to know. But I, um, uh, I guess I should start by saying to those of you who are catching us on this live stream who have not seen us before, uh, I am Constitutional Attorney Catherine Henry, and this is Liberty Lori, and uh, you are joining us today for our 37th episode of Restore Freedom Weekly. It's a show that we started this year to uh, have a, a regular way to get information to you, the public, about laws and constitutional provisions and court cases and bills that are pending and things like that. So <clears throat> we uh, had been doing hundreds, uh, hundreds and hundreds of live videos and uh, live presentations all through 2020 and 2021. And this was a way that we could come together every single week to give you updates uh, on, on a regular day and time. So uh, anyway, thank you for joining us today and um, welcome to those of you who are brand new catching us on Twitter, LinkedIn, Twitch, or any of the other platforms that we are now streaming to. And of course, hello and thank you for joining us once again to our favorites uh, and those we are used to seeing from YouTube and Rumble and Facebook. Uh, things are going to get a little different around here. In fact, starting today, if technology um, is working a little bit better this afternoon than it has been today, then uh, we will also be uh, streaming this uh, episode and all future episodes on um, platforms like, um, <clears throat> you know, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and the rest. So uh, again, thank you for bearing with us today. It's been a little bit of a bumpy ride so far, but uh, we're about to get started here. And uh, normally at this stage, this is where I would do my um, intro video, um, that is the uh, um, Pledge of Allegiance. So uh, given that we started quite late, I'm actually going to skip that today and get right on into the specifics. I do want to make sure, well, normally I would have had the Restore Freedom Weekly big logo that appeared at some point here, but uh, apparently I lost that too. So uh, anyway, it's totally different software and uh, a little, uh, little much to learn, I guess, but, um, oh, okay, great. Um, it looks like, yep, we have people, uh, I just figured out where you guys, oh, Laura Beard, hi. Um, Suze Zoo, and uh, those of you watching all around, but especially in Michigan, um, hello, and thank you for joining today. So, all right, we are going to go ahead and get started. I uh, had been doing some like PowerPoint presentations or Google Slides presentations that I was showing in the live stream that helped those of you who are more visual learners and not necessarily ones that uh, can just hear it and take it all in. But uh, unfortunately, this platform does not allow for the automatic um, uploading of the uh, the Google Slides or any other type of thing like that. I could just do a screen share 
And with all the other technical glitches and even spilling my protein shake all over my face right before we went live and everything like that, uh, I didn't have a chance to get that connected. So uh, do bear in mind that on Thursday, uh, we will go ahead and air our Constitution segment recap for you. Uh, in fact, hopefully, uh, this week, we will be getting back to a video version of a Constitution segment recap that will give you the very, you know, Cliff Notes version of what we're doing here today. But then I will have an attachment for you that's either a PDF or a Google spreadsheet or excuse me, a Google slideshow, something like that. It's a, a tangible thing that you'll be able to open up on your phone or your computer and be able to read the different constitutional provisions and statutes if relevant um, to our topic of the week. So hopefully this new format will make it easier for those of you who like to uh, see and have that interaction to be able to learn about important topics. Uh, those of you who do well just hearing it like you're sitting in a classroom, uh, as well as those of you who like to see something in front of you. So um, I forgot what our question of the, um, of the day was. <laughs> um, true or false. Lori, can you tell us, uh, okay. how did I write that today? Oh, you're expecting me to be ready to. Well, while you're looking at uh, that, I realized about well, you go ahead and look for that. I realized I also uh, didn't start with the title. Those of you on certain platforms can see the title of the video today, but those of you um, who might just be catching something that's live and found us that way, today we're covering um, unconstitutional court orders. Are you required to follow unconstitutional court orders? So um, basically- That was a you know, true or false question. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, oh, is that is that all I made the question? Are you required to follow an unconstitutional yeah. court order? Okay. I'm trying to keep it well, simple, I guess. It, it, <laughs> so uh, that was our true or false question of the day. We'll circle back to that, but I'm going to invite you to go ahead and uh, hop on to our YouTube channel, our Twitter, uh, Truth Social, our website, um, a variety of places where we have the true or false question of the day. Go ahead and answer that poll, Telegram and others. Um, go ahead and answer that poll now. And uh, well, you guys will hear the sneak peek of the answer uh, throughout this episode and certainly at the end. But uh, keep in mind that if you ever just catch the question and don't have a chance to listen to the full episode, you could check back after 10 o'clock on Tuesday, 10 o'clock in the evening, and you will see the answer posted on the social media platforms where the question is posted. So uh, please make sure to join in with us every week to participate that way. But uh, to be a little bit more in depth about what our topic is today, we're covering, <clears throat> like I said, these um, possible, you know, uh, the situations you might find yourself in where a judge has issued a blatantly unconstitutional order. Are you required to follow it? What are your options in those situations? And then I mentioned gag orders, unwanted medical procedures, uh, denials of public information like FOIA requests. Uh, but we're going to talk about real life examples and the practical limitations for what happens when you have an unconstitutional order. 
And I just realized I wore the shirt just for our debut on all these new platforms today. <clears throat> and I realized that none of you can quite see it, but uh, it's a, a nice Restore Freedom shirt. So anyway, um, please make sure to let us know if you, uh, especially if you are in Michigan and you would like to connect with our good friend, Rachel Atwood, who is in West Michigan and has uh, the last, you know, say two dozen of uh, various kinds of these shirts available. Uh, let us know because we can connect you and uh, we would love to have you help support us in that way. So, all right. Um, I wanna start with the basics. I'll say again, because those of you who have been tuning in every week have heard some of these concepts over and over again. Quite frankly, if you listen to several of my speeches, like uh, Robert Bowes, I'll pick on him. I know that he was there at various events throughout 2020 uh, and probably into 2021 that uh, he had the opportunity to hear me give several different live speeches. And so he probably heard me say some of these things, if not all of them, several times. But they're important and they're things that we take for granted. So we're gonna start again with these basics. We have a government of the people, by the people and for the people. It's not just a slogan, it's actually the, our whole system of government. We, we as individuals, we get our rights from God. We don't get our rights from the government. Sure, there might be some logistical uh, rights about, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, you know, voting at age 18 versus not voting at 17 or things of that nature. But I'm talking about your right to life, your right to liberty, your right to property, uh, your right to equal protection under the law, your right to basic things. Those are rights that are given to us by God, not the government. Government has absolutely no rights. So I'm sorry to offend you if you're one of those states' rights advocates, but you'll need to reread the 10th Amendment if that's the case, because the word rights is nowhere in the 10th Amendment. Rights are mentioned in, well, the first nine amendments, but specifically in the 9th Amendment. And the 10th Amendment is talking about delegation of powers. So that's right, government has absolutely no rights, and it has only those powers which we delegate to it in the Constitution. So government may not act at all unless there is a specific power delegated to it in the Constitution. And uh, I'm going to pause here just for a moment. Um, Lori, I lost you for a second. Are you? Yeah. Are you able it's, to add yourself back in when, when it bounces out, or do I need to do that for you? I, I think I can. I just, you were in the middle of something, so I didn't want to <laughs> freak okay. people out. Learning. Lori, just in case, uh, for those of you who don't know, Lori has been alongside uh, my freedom fight <clears throat> from the beginning of 2020. In fact, I think, <clears throat> excuse me. I believe that Lori and I met uh, around like May 23rd, 2020. And uh, so she was there from the beginning of the Restore Freedom Initiative petition. <clears throat> the, um, the documents and the, <coughs> sorry guys, I'm struggling today. <laughs> um, 
filing uh, briefs and arguing in the Michigan Supreme Court against the governor's executive orders, uh, all, all of the things along the way. Uh, Lori has been there through all that. And so uh, not only is Lori super important in that regard, but she's also helping me because quite frankly, I hate social media. I hate live streams. I hate having to speak in front of people. In fact, the very first time I spoke in front of a large crowd was April 30th, 2020, on the steps of the Michigan Capitol, when there were thousands of people there and hundreds of thousands, if not millions, live streaming through all the different uh, streaming that was happening that day. And uh, right before I went on stage, I went up to two women that I had known for years and I said, oh my gosh, I'm going to puke. Could you pray for me? And uh, within 30 seconds, I was then on the stage speaking to everyone. So this is not my favorite thing to do, but I'm called to impart my knowledge and my experience and expertise, if I dare say, uh, on the law and the Constitution and in matters of government to help us, to help we the people uh, retain our power and, and protect and defend our liberty and, quite frankly, our very form and way of government. So at any rate, uh, because I am not so good at uh, all of the uh, social media aspects and live streaming, clearly, and everything else, Lori is here to help uh, interject if she sees somebody is commenting on something that uh, needs to be talked about. So in case you like guys wonder one. why I do most of the talking, um, love the subtitle. Uh, um, see who it's I'm, from? Yeah, I, I do. Hi. Uh, first of all, <laughs> I, say, I love you. And for those of you who know some of uh, a little bit about me and and uh, not everything about me, no, I'm I'm not saying that to some other man because uh, you know Mike is my <laughs> husband. But Bruce Reed is my father, so uh, I am super excited that I have um, someone in my family who's uh, supporting me in this way and joining us today. So. Um, I don't know what subtitles we have, though, so I guess I'm going to have to. <laughs> I think he meant our, our names, oh. Constitutional Catherine oh. Liberty Lori. Awesome. <laughs> um, okay, so let's see. Um, anyway, so yes, uh, Lori is going to throw up on the screen all of the comments and uh, questions and whatever else that we might have. I'm not sure what um, platforms actually show. I know that if you're on Rumble and you're commenting, we can't display that and hopefully we'll catch it because um, unfortunately with that technology, our TMP connections, we don't get uh, the comments to come through to here, but at least Facebook and YouTube and I believe Twitch, Twitter and LinkedIn would probably show up as well. So please comment and let us know you're there if you're on one of those platforms as well. We, we do have people watching on Rumble, so it's just... Uh... Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Whatever that was, Lori, don't do that again. <laughs> I didn't do anything. Oh. You didn't click anything? I, I was checking. No, I was um I was saying hello on Rumble because we have some people watching, but that's that's all I clicked on. I didn't click on anything on here. Well, something happened and it threw us right out. So, hi everyone. We're still here. Okay, so we're going to get right back into things. Um Oh, and there's my handsome husband commenting on YouTube. So um, I, uh, I love you, babe. And thanks for joining us as well. Uh, by the way, I was calling you right at noon when uh, the thermostats were stuck at 89 degrees. 
So uh, you should have answered that call. But anyway, uh, so getting back to things. So again, these are the basics. Okay, we talked about, you know, we have rights, the government doesn't have rights, the government um, only has powers, but powers that are delegated to it by uh, we the people through the Constitution. So um, government cannot take any action again, uh, unless there is specific power delegated to it in the Constitution. And government's main purpose and responsibility is to protect our God-given liberties. Now, what does that mean? Well, basically, in my exercise of my rights, that I'm not going to infringe or impede upon your exercise of your rights. If Lori and I are neighbors, I'm not going to uh, do something on my property that is um, like, you know, doing some demo or cutting trees or something like that where I'm going to turn around and, and put all that debris onto her property. I'm not going to impede upon her use of her own property. So um, government's job is to protect our God-given liberties. That, that's what it's there for. So that when you have two diverging interests, but both are uh, founded in, in some sort of a, of a right, then the government's job is to help essentially referee that or mediate that, to sort that out so that we can freely exercise our own rights without worry that somebody else is um, going to trample those liberties and that it's essentially a free-for-all. So now getting into the topic of the day uh, where we're talking about unconstitutional court orders, we need to start again with one of the basics, a premise uh, that I know we've all heard this one, but have we really let it sink in? Because I know most judges, justices, attorneys, government officials, 99.9% .9 of them all across the U.S. have not really let this sink in. The Constitution is the supreme law of the land. So what does this mean? Well, no federal law, no state law, no state constitutional provision, uh, no court order or any government action can be, um, you know, repugnant to the Constitution. Well, in other words, any law, state constitutional provision, court order, or government action that is repugnant to the Constitution is void. Right then and there. It's like it never even existed. Well, what are some of the rights that we're talking about? Um, so we have, um, oh, so many things that I could talk about that... Um, of course, my mind uh, grows blank at times, but, you know, we have the right to have contracts with other people. We have the right so that um, governments will not in, impair our ability to have and follow through on contracts that's uh, protected in the Constitution. We have the right to equal protection under the law. We have the right to assembly, consultation, petition, free speech. Uh, the free exercise of religion or worship. We have the right against unreasonable searches and seizures. We have, well, all of our unenumerated rights. Um, we have, you know, rights, privacy from government. Um, we have rights against uh, bills of attainder or, um, you know, um, all, just all kinds of rights, right? Those are some of the main topics. So, 
let's think about those three examples I talked about. So gag orders, unwanted medical procedures, and a denial of public information or FOIA requests. So um, let's break that down. Gag orders. Well, we talked about that in a prior episode. It was either last week, a couple weeks ago. Something yeah, like two that. weeks, I think. So gag orders are essentially where uh, the judge has told someone, a party or someone in the media, you cannot publish a video or uh, an article or photos about what's going on in this court proceeding. You just can't do it at all. It's not that there was something um, very specific or detailed, maybe some uh, very private matters regarding, you know, things with children or something of that nature. I mean, where there's a specific, legitimate, thought out uh, reason where there was notice an opportunity to be heard on that or anything like that. It's a gag order is uh, right off the top. You cannot share information about what's going on in court. Okay, so what about uh, unwanted medical procedures? Well, a case comes to mind. I mean, I, I did family law in two different states, Michigan and Minnesota, for um, several years. And uh, family law was actually my, I remember saying to my law professor in uh, law school that I was always going to do family law and only family law. And she said, well, you, you know, you can't do that. You're going to burn yourself out. Well, I didn't actually burn myself out from family law. Um, it's just that our government decided that they didn't want to follow the laws or the constitution. And so I've had to take a different route. But at any rate, uh, in February of 2020, I filed a brief in the Michigan Supreme Court. Now get this, it's February, 2020. Think of what you were doing, February, 2020. Did you really think anything about COVID? Did you think anything about uh, you know, that it would ever be possible that our entire country would essentially have shut down or locked down orders in place, that people would be ordered to stay in their homes, that they would be ordered that they can't go to work, that their, uh, you know, businesses would have to be shut down, that they'd be ordered to not go to church, that they would literally be ordered to stay in their homes under penalty of law. Did you ever think in February of 2020 that that, that, that would ever be such a thing? I did not. I mean, not in this country and not in this century, did I? But yet in February of 2020, I was filing a, an amicus brief on a case where I was representing Physicians for Informed Consent, a nationwide legitimate organization. If you haven't heard of them, look them up. They're really awesome. They have a lot of information. Uh, they're all about informed consent, right? Uh, especially as it pertains to the medical side of things. So uh, at any rate, that brief that I submitted was actually on a custody case, uh, custody um, decisions, medical decisions. It was essentially out of a divorce case. And, you know, fast forward four years down the road. Anyway, <clears throat> you have this uh, situation where uh, <clears throat> the mom had, um, I don't remember the exact details. Um, some, some of the details won't matter, but in, in general, sole physical and sole legal custody and, and father had some shared parenting time but uh the sole physical and sole legal custody was with mom and specifically uh legal custody for those of you who don't know that's going to be your uh, ability to make um, educational decisions religious decisions 
medical decisions. It's the it's the big stuff. It's not just the day to day, you know, rules about chores or um, you know if if the kid's going to soccer practice this day or it, you know if the kid stays home from school because they're uh, sick or their grandmother's in town or something like that. So um, it, it, at any rate, that is. Um, in, in this case that we're talking about, it's um, the specifics of that issue was uh, unwanted medical procedures. And specifically in this case, and uh, hopefully if she's watching or finds this video later, um, she's cool with uh, the way that I'm explaining this, you know who you are, and I'm pretty sure you would want the fight for freedom to, um, to continue with educating people on these real world examples. But at any rate, so her daughter, was four years old and um, was immunocompromised. She was immunocompromised, is immunocompromised. Uh, and the dad who had no legal custody was asking the court to force her to get the child, um, all of the childhood vaccines um, from birth to four years old, because at the, that point she was four. So she hadn't had any to give her all of them. And uh, the court, the trial court ordered that the, the yep, mom had to do that and had to do them like basically all at once. So even the CDC, uh, the FDA, the, the vac vaccine manufacturers, pediatricians, doctors everywhere would say, well, no, you can't, even those that strongly advocate to follow that rigid uh, ever expanding schedule of vaccines would never say get all of them all at once. No, you can't do that. But anyway, so even on an otherwise healthy child, that would have been dangerous. But anyway, in this situation, um, they also uh, were acknowledging that there are, you know, some um, some risks. Okay, uh, but the court of appeals. I mean, in, in my brief, there is a huge paragraph or a, it's basically a whole page from the Court of Appeals decision where they're acknowledging all the, the risks and the possibilities of death and everything else uh, and still ordered the the court uh, or the, the mom to go through with this. To get hey, before you uh, call it a shot. Okay. Shot. Because we're on YouTube. <laughs> I didn't actually catch it right away either. <laughs> I, never, well, I never know what words are safe anymore. But at any rate, so the um, the situation, though, in this case is that the, the trial judge said, yeah, it doesn't matter that you have uh, primary, you know, legal decision making skills for this child. Uh, it doesn't matter that you are immunocompromised, that your child is immunocompromised. It doesn't matter what the schedules say for these, uh, but you need to go ahead and get all these and, and get them now. And Court of Appeals affirmed that. So in the Supreme Court, we are asking the Supreme Court to take the case. And um, essentially, um, one of my, my biggest arguments came out of the Court of Appeals decision that affirmed that horrible decision. But I then went to all the um, manufacturers of the shots and looked at their information. That's on the FDA website. And by the way, uh, I did a whole episode on that. And uh, well, YouTube pulled that down. So you can find it on Rumble and Facebook. But uh, that episode was taken down because uh, apparently the FDA is full of medical misinformation. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> uh, so anyway. I think that was episode two, even. Yeah, it was something two or three. Really so, so in January for people looking. Right. 
so for those of you who don't know the medical sides of things, especially for those that are immunocompromised, uh, you know, there's obviously the, the like physicians for informed consent. The main thing is that if there's any kind of risk, there must be choice, right? If, if you, um, if there's any kind of medical procedure, you need to be informed about it and then give consent, informed consent, physicians for informed consent, right? Well, for those of you who don't know about immunocompromised individuals, uh, the, the manufacturers of all of these drugs and um, even the FDA, I'm not sure where the CDC stands on it at the time, but they actually advocate for, um, for those who are immunocompromised to not get um, most of these, possibly all of these, the specifics um, uh, escape me at the top of my mind right now, but um, most, if not all of them say, don't get this if you're immunocompromised, okay? But what's worse is that um, on top of the individual who would be given that shot, if you are then around others who are immunocompromised, these manufacturers say, don't get these shots if you are going to be around people who are immunocompromised because these are made with live viruses. These are made of all these kinds of things that essentially shed. There's a shedding that happens. And so uh, even if the mom doesn't have any of these unwanted medical procedures done to her directly, being there around her daughter, she would then have those adverse medical reactions. Now, you guys can look all that up. You can watch that episode uh, to find out more about that information. Um, again, this is not conspiracy theorist stuff. This literally is from uh, those manufacturers. Um, and uh, it's available through the FDA, go at FDA.gov. And, and I show you in that prohibited video, uh, I show you where to find that on the FDA and where to find it in those manufacturer's inserts. Um, I want to say it's usually section 13.1 that's talking about um, different things that they haven't studied, like uh, mutagenic potential, carcinogenic potential, all that kind of stuff. But at any rate, so that's the situation, okay? So that's a situation where you have, um, and that's, I think, an extreme situation, but uh, where you have unwanted medical procedures. Now, we've seen lots of other things, uh, shots, for certain things that happened in 2020, 2021, right? Uh, There's the court cases that came out this year from the US Supreme Court about the mandatory um, shots and everything like that, uh, you know, uh, mask policies, all, all that kind of stuff. We're not gonna go into details of that, but because um, we, you know, the censorship issues in time, but just think of all those things. So even if you are not immunocompromised or even if you don't really have an opinion about shots, but uh, there's all these other things that might be in the medical realm where we're seeing unending amounts of unwanted medical procedures, okay? So uh, in fact, there was that bill 5672 that we brought up again recently. That was a House Bill 5672 out of the Michigan uh, House of Representatives in 2020 that uh, the vast majority uh, of, I think all but two um, legislators voted in favor of the bill, which essentially said, um, yeah, you, you know, certain certain private entities or employers can't require you to have a microchip inserted as a condition of employment, but um, courts can still order you to be microchipped. You said, what? And of course, you know, people like uh, Jack O'Malley in the UP of Michigan, a state rep who thinks he's 
God's gift to we, the people, uh, and definitely would go back and forth with me um, when I would do these videos and he uh, his, had ruffled his feathers a bit. Anyway, he was one that uh, justified it saying, well, it could be terms of of probation or, you know, um, part of release in a criminal case, you know, because criminals should be treated like cattle instead of like humans. Um, at any rate, so unwanted medical procedures, it could be any of those. So we talked about gag orders, unwanted medical procedures. What about denial of public information? Well, we have a government of the people, by the people and for the people. There's tons of federal statutes that we've done a video about before on uh, accessing public information. But uh, oftentimes your state constitution is going to have some information about the people's right to access information. I know the Florida State Constitution has that. Um, and in Michigan, FOIA or Freedom of Information Act requests are uh, part of statutes, but, um, and there's to some degree, uh, some coverage in the Michigan Constitution, but not as much as there would have been if the Restore Freedom Initiative petition had been put into place. Uh, so at any rate, uh, put yourself in a situation where you are asking for some government information and the government entity denies it and you go to court and you um, are appealing it or whatever the legal procedure is that in your state that gets you in front of a judge and the judge says, nah, that's, that's a public record, but nah, I'm, they don't have to give it to you. Uh, let's say for example, it's about, um, you know, just generalized government records uh, about certain things and nothing, there's no secrecy or privacy interests involved. Like we're not asking for disclosure of anybody's social security number or bank accounts or, you know, anything um, like personal protected identifying information, nothing like that. Just usual course of business, government types of records. And the judge says no. Well, those are three distinct types of situations. Uh, gag orders, um, unwanted medical procedures and denial of public records or information. Those are three distinct things. And we'll kind of talk about those in a minute. But in the end, do you have to follow blatantly unconstitutional orders? No, you don't. I mean, the answer is no. If you've heard me ever speak at all, ever, 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 the answer would be no. <laughs> you don't have to follow them. But what does that really mean? So you're going to have your legal outcomes or your legal options, but you're also going to have um, logistically available options or things that are practical in nature. Okay. So it's important that we recognize this. Now, uh, what is, here's, here's an example. I'll just give you one more example. And this is on the gag order situation. So in my Allegan County um, uh E-Day 2020 case, I'm trying to figure out which words to say and not say as we're going live on YouTube, but uh, that case where I was had the crap beaten out of me by three grown men sheriff's deputies who had the blessing of the sheriff himself and that town hall clerk and the chief prosecuting attorney. Uh, I was live streaming, mind you, uh, so that actually kept things a little bit more in check, but um, <clears throat> the the court case that came out of that where, yes, I was arrested illegally and unconstitutionally. I was prosecuted illegally and unconstitutionally. And the case was dragged out illegally and unconstitutionally for almost two years, uh, just being dismissed two months ago on my husband's birthday. But 
<clears throat> in that situation, all along the way, my rights were being denied by the prosecutor and by the judge. I was being denied my right to be uh, in the courtroom physically. Most of the times I was being denied my right to have people present in the courtroom. That was only ever allowed once. Uh, I was denied my right to see people face to face. You know, you have the right to see the face of your accusers and those in the courtroom. I was even denied ADA accommodations that had already been approved. And I was denied assistance of counsel. Yeah, I'm an attorney, but I'm not required to represent myself. I still have the same rights that everybody else does, which include having the right to assistance of counsel. And I had an attorney with me on February 4th, 2021, standing right there, licensed in Michigan to practice. And there we were in a Michigan court. And the judge was telling him to get out before the hearing even started because he didn't want, quote, witnesses and said that anybody could live stream it if they wanted to. Keep in mind, the court's website specifically says that they delete all of these recordings from their YouTube channel as soon as the proceedings are done. Now, what kind of public eye is that really? So in my case, I had, um, a case has been dismissed, finally. Uh, but I had asked the court for um, clarification of my rights to share the court videos because I had to pay $20 for each DVD of each of the nine hearings until that point uh, of, the, of the proceedings of my case. And each time there was a pre-written form that was um, set up so that, yeah, you can have your, your request approved. And it's basically, in, in some respects, rubber stamping to get your request approved. But it says right on there that you shall not share the video with any other human being. Otherwise, you will be held under contempt of court. And when the judge issued that first one to me and gave me that copy of the first hearing, he circled contempt of court heavily on my copy, despite signing on the same day a request for the same DVD of the same court hearing by the media. Uh, they were not circled with contempt of court, but they were also <clears throat> given the same limitations. A member of the media who clearly asked for it under freedom of the press, well, and specifically spelled that out in his request, that it was a freedom of the press, that he was going to share this information, was granted a copy of the DVD, but he also was prohibited from sharing it with anyone. Now we're talking about a DVD of the actual court hearing. Okay, so I filed the motion, uh, actually in, I filed several motions for the last two years on this case about that issue. And uh, most recently, I filed a motion again in um, August and at the beginning of August, I believe. And then the judge set it for a hearing on September 1st or 2nd, but anyway, two weeks ago, and um, ordered that his gag orders would stay in place. And he wasn't even going to give me a written order to that effect. I mean, he has to. He absolutely has to give a court order to whatever he's doing. So anyway, uh, uh, there are specific things that I will be doing. Uh, nothing about it. If the question on Facebook is, uh, oh, the judge. It, yes, the judge was Judge Willi William Belargian. It's spelled bail large on Belargian. And he's Allegan County District Court. I believe it's District 57. And you can find his YouTube channel. Uh, he has his own YouTube channel. 
And uh, that is the judge that issued that um, all of those orders, um, but who specifically currently still thinks um, of uh, the, the court DVDs as court property that um, is not to be given public access. And literally told me that although I raised the issue that I have a duty to inform the public as an attorney, uh, as an, a constitutional officer and as, a, as an attorney licensed in Michigan, I have a duty to protect and inform the public and talk to him about or uh, at least informed him about these shows that I do informing the people about the, uh, the law and the Constitution. He called it a reality show and basically cheap entertainment and that the DVDs cannot be shared for those purposes because they are meant for appeals and things. Now, mind you, I also told him that I needed to be able to have access uh, to this video unrestricted so that I could talk to a variety of people about exploring my legal options, whether any kind of appeals are needed at this point, uh, but quite frankly, to pursue my lawsuit against Allegan County officials for all of this. Uh, in terms of um, what happened, but also all, all the other legal options that I might have against them or in, in the situation. Now, now, technically, because of his order, if you wanted to consult with other people that you haven't specifically assigned as your attorney, you wouldn't be able to share that based on his order, right? I mean, that's what he's saying. So he's... <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly what he's saying. And the way that it's worded, it literally is saying, I can't even share it with an attorney. I can't share it with my husband. I can't share it. I specifically mentioned that I have a specific, you know, that I have a group of people, basically just trusted individuals and um, professionals that I wanted to consult with about my legal options at this point. And his answer is, nope, you can't share the DVD with anybody. I mean, it's totally unconstitutional. I mean, so I'm talking about the most blatantly unconstitutional things. I'm not talking about where somebody who is not well versed in the law or the constitution uh, says, you know, there's a lot of, I'll just call them conspiracy theorists out there, although I've been called that too, but um, the extremist conspiracy theorists that say, oh, well, it's unconstitutional for, uh, you know, whatever, a township to, to pass any kind of ordinance. No, it's not unconstitutional for that, but um, it, there are specific kinds that would be unconstitutional. At any rate, um, I'm not talking about those situations. I'm talking about something that is completely, uh, completely blatantly unconstitutional. So um, do you have to follow those? No, but your legal options, like I mentioned earlier, and your logistically available or realistic options really depend on what's happening. So let's think about those three kinds of examples. Gag orders, um, unwanted medical procedures being ordered and the denial of public information or FOIA requests. In the first one, it's the government trying to prohibit you from doing something. We also talked last week about uh, ordinances um, relating to pavers and ground covering, uh, relating to fences uh, and ways to, you know, just generally protect your property with common things like fences. Uh, and so in, in that video, we're talking about ways that the government is trying to stop you from doing something. Now, that's different from the next example about the unwanted medical procedures, where it's the government trying to force you to do something. Um, that is, um, that's different. Now, I guess I'll say in some respects, some of the 
the um, ordinances about ground covering or fences in that sense could be the government trying to force you to do something like force you to get permits or or do something in a certain way but really they're trying to prohibit you from laying the ground cover you see fit on your own property the way that you would like to do it without trying to get permission first they're trying to prohibit you from installing a fence on your property uh however you see fit um without getting permission first um whereas you know the government trying to force you to do something is to proactively like if you don't want a fence and the government is saying you have to put a fence up something like that um so there's a third example, though, a denial of a request for public information or a FOIA request, Freedom of Information Act or public records request, whatever. That is where a government um, entity or official is refusing to do something that it is required to do. So where a judge issues an order that essentially affirms um, or perhaps it's the judge himself uh, that um, for example, um, my ADA request for accommodation that's asking the court to make, um, well, there's really some other uh, of those aspects in there, but um, they're required by law and general due process to, um, you know, to um, make those reasonable accommodations for disabilities. And so uh, the government was refusing to do something that it was required to do. So those are three totally different situations. What, you, what your legal options are and what your logistically available options are, are going to be different depending on which one of those things we're talking about. So for example, some of your options would be follow the order and give up your God-given liberties. Who here would like to take that as the uh, chosen path? I would sure as heck hope that it, even if I was able to physically see you guys right now, that not a single one of you would be raising your hand. So um, that's your first option though, right? Is to just follow the order and give up your God-given liberties. Um, you can simply not follow the order. Well, okay, as far as that option goes, that may work if you're trying to, um, if the government's trying to prohibit you from doing something and you're just gonna go ahead and do it. Uh, you want to, um, uh, right or wrong, you want to build a structure, a shed or something on the, in your backyard and the government says, no, you can't do that. And you go ahead and build it, something like that. Okay. You could just simply not follow the order and just go about your business. You could appeal to the next highest court. If it's in district court in Michigan, uh, then you could go to, um, which I believe is essentially like a county court in Florida. Uh, you can then appeal to the circuit court. If you're in circuit court and you need to go higher from there, like it was a divorce case or something, and so you're in circuit court already, you appeal to the court of appeals, um, whatever. So you could appeal to the next highest court. You could file some sort of action like a quo warento or writ of mandamus. Uh, those are very specific things that um, I could bore you with right now. But um, actually, Lori, um, if you if there was anything uh, that we should pull up uh, regarding um, comments that have been coming on or maybe questions, I'm going to grab the Black's Law Dictionary so I can make sure we get this part right. 
Just a lot of people kind of talking back and forth, so there's nothing specific to share. We're not trying to ignore you. If you are out there asking questions or making <laughs> comments that you think should be shared, we're not trying to ignore you by any stretch of the imagination. Well, um, and, and just so you know, I did check on LinkedIn. I'm watching on LinkedIn, and we had a hello from Adrian, so it's working on LinkedIn. Oh, awesome. It just doesn't, yeah. hello doesn't show on here, or it did? No, it doesn't show on here. That's a bummer. Okay. Yeah. And I haven't checked the other platform. So if, if you're out trying to talk to us, sorry, we're getting used to this new, <laughs> new way yep. of doing it. Oh, of course I go all the way to writ and it says, nope, go to mandamus. Okay, fine. <laughs> and I don't know how to spell anymore. Um, good gracious man. Damus. You wouldn't think it'd be that hard. Okay. Man, Damus. I know it's right here somewhere, right here. There it is. Okay. So, Man, Damus, a writ issued by a superior court to compel a lower court or government officer to perform mandatory or purely ministerial duties correctly. So, um, you know, if you, um, you know, if there's something that, you know, you want to go to a higher court and um, essentially, especially if it's something like government refusing to do something that it is required to do, that's really the scenario where you're going to file a writ of mandamus or a petition for a writ of mandamus, where you're asking the higher court to order that lower court to do it, to release the, the records or to do whatever act it is supposed to do. Um, it doesn't necessarily make sense to utilize that opp opportunity or option if you're um, in the scenario where you're just trying to just go about your business and the government's trying to stop you. But that is one of the options. Um, and then I mentioned Quo Warranto. It better be in the queues if they send me somewhere <laughs> else. I don't know where the Q is in the alphabet, though, because I just went to the T's for some reason. All right, quo warranto, a common law writ used to inquire into the authority by which a public office is held. So again, if that's something where uh, basically the the if somebody takes office and they weren't legitimately put into that office, if somebody I don't know, say like a public health officer in a, in a county in Michigan didn't take the constitutional oath, then you know you could file a quo warranto action. Um, so that the government official who never took the constitutional oath is hauled into to court and um, there's basically a situation to expel them out of that office uh, if they've failed to do something or they were required to do, such as take the constitutional oath of office. Um, okay, so that's that's what uh, some of those options are. Um, now this is again, this is it's a legal option. I mean, you're legally allowed to do this. Um, uh, but it's more of a practical option. You can campaign against the judge in the next election cycle. Uh, that's something that I think a lot of people who aren't used to taking on the government and all the bad that they do, they're not really used to taking that more of, I say, a proactive approach that, um, man, this judge sucks and maybe the wheels of justice are turning slow in uh, other respects. You know, let's really find someone who is a good candidate to run against this judge in the next election and uh, campaign hard to get them 
taken out of office. Um, you can report the judge to the uh, Judicial Tenure Commission. I was doing voice to text on some notes a few minutes before the show today, and uh, I just noticed that it said 10 year instead of 10 year commission. But uh, rest assured, if you are Googling it on your own later for your own state and you're looking for a judicial tenure commission, please make sure that you are looking for T-E-N-U-R-E uh, and not 10 year. But uh, it might be called some other kind of um, uh, branch basically that oversees judges, that there's a way to complain, like there's usually an attorney grievance commission, perhaps it's called a judicial grievance commission or something of that nature. Uh, but a, a, a forum that you can complain or you know, file official complaints about specific actions for judges. And lastly, and, and there's probably a lot of other things, I'm just trying to give you the overall scope of different options, but uh, you could file a civil rights complaint with the state or local government or state or federal government, excuse me. So you could file, um, you know, if there was some sort of denial of due process or if, if there was actually a, a quote civil rights issue, uh, you're denied housing, accommodations, um, you know, access to government services or something of that nature based on uh, you know, your, your race or your gender or something of that nature, or, uh, you know, like I said, I mentioned, um, ADA earlier, the, the, the rights you have under the, uh, disability acts in the federal government, as well as, um, those put into place by state law, you have different grievance procedures or cases that you could bring out of those types of, uh, protections. So you have a wide gamut of opportunities. Um, you you know can follow the order and just give up your god-given liberties you can uh, by the way if you're going to do that in a situation uh and there's no other logistical purpose for you to do that uh please never reach out to be my friend or uh you know try to hang out with me or talk to me like we're buds if you ever see me i i just that's not my thing uh you can simply follow um excuse me you could simply not follow the order just refuse to follow it you can appeal to the next highest court you can uh file some sort of um specific i'll say unusual action like a quo warranto or writ of mandamus or something of that nature you can actively campaign against the judge in the next election you can report the judge to the uh, judicial tenure commission or judicial uh, grievance commission whatever your state has for those uh, or you could file some sort of complaint like a civil rights uh, complaint or complaints in, um, you know, the various federal or state agencies or go ahead and just file an outright civil lawsuit against uh, the judge, depending on the scenario. So, again, the scenario really uh, focuses then on your really what is happening. Okay, so the three main types of things you're talking about are where the government is trying to prohibit you from doing something, where the government is trying to force you to do something, and where the government is refusing to do something that it is required to do. Now, in none of those situations are you legally bound to follow a court order until some higher court tells you otherwise. I literally had the, um, well, the Michigan AG candidate uh, for the Republican Party right now. I'm hoping he no longer holds this belief, but in uh, early December 2020, when he was fighting a nationally recognized particular case, we won't mention here, uh, I had done some updates actually on, on that case in prior videos uh, this year. But at any rate, in uh, early December 2020, when he 
found me uh, through social media and asked that I call him. And we had this very long conversation about what the judge was doing in that in his case at that time. Uh, the judge was trying to essentially put into place a gag order that he was on the one hand required to share information with the Secretary of State and the Michigan Attorney General, even though they were not parties to the case. But on the other hand, the judge was simultaneously issuing a totally unconstitutional gag order saying that he was not allowed to release any of the audit information that he had procured and paid for and put into play. I mean, he and his client, right? Um, any of the, the material that they had, he was supposedly not allowed to share any of his own evidence with anyone else. What on earth? And he said to me, well, I know the judge doesn't have the right to do that, but you have to follow an unconstitutional order until a higher court tells you otherwise. And I'm here to tell you today, absolutely not. You are not legally constitutionally required to follow any court order that is unconstitutional or illegal uh, until somebody else tells you you don't have to because we are sovereign. We are given our, our rights from God and, and the government has no rights and it has no power except the power that we have specifically delegated to it. So in the end, this means that literally, again, no federal law, no state law, no state constitutional provision, no court order, no government action that is repugnant to the constitution can stand. In fact, any such law or state constitutional provision or court order or government action that is repugnant to the U.S. Constitution is void. Marbury versus Madison will give you a, a nice example of, of the description on this or the discussion on this point, but it is void. It is literally, and I think these are the words out of that case, if not another um, you know, 1800s case from the U.S. Supreme Court, but it is as though it did not even exist. And that's actually wording, I think, out of another case. But it says, though that act does not even exist. So you don't have to keep following something that doesn't exist, right? So at, at any rate, um, pretty simplistic, I guess. It sounds like you're um, saying that all political power is inherent in the people. Is that what you're saying? Um, I am referencing Article 1, Section 1 of the Michigan State Constitution, the very first sentence of that, which is all political power is inherent in the people. Uh, I'm also referencing the we, the people of the United States um, in the preamble of the United States, as well as uh, we, the people of the state of Michigan, or we, the people of the state of Florida, or whatever state you're in, at, that have come together to write the Constitution or the wording of the Declaration of Independence that hangs on my wall, or any other, how about the uh, Article 4, Section 4 of the U.S. Constitution, that Republican form of government, which literally means that it is a government where we retain all the power and authority, and we are delegating certain duties to government officials for the day-to-day -day functions of government and of a collective society infrastructure or um, you know setting up the voting mechanisms or things of that nature those are duties that are delegated to it so in order to follow through on those duties uh, the government is then delegated specific powers so that is exactly the kind of, um, of philosophy I guess or or 
the the line of thought I had was talking about those parts of the Constitution. Um, is there uh, anything else that we? I didn't see anybody uh -oh. bring in or anything specifically, and I'm checking. Uh, we still have plenty of people watching on Rumble, on LinkedIn. I'm we have a couple people on LinkedIn, but nothing, no new questions. The rest I haven't figured out how to watch. So lag <laughs> in my computer. So I, I see this um, this comment here from Facebook. Court oh. corruption at its highest levels. They control everything. So I um, bring that up because if we do nothing, if we the people stand by and do nothing about the um, the blatant disregard for the Constitution, then they will win. They will have control. We will have uh, given up on our God-given liberties and our sovereignty and allowed the government to take over and have control. But we just need to stand our ground and put them all in place by doing all of these things, by uh, influencing elections starting at the most local of, of um, uh, levels, right? County, city, municipality, village, um, that we are um, following through on lawsuits or you know civil rights complaints or complaints to a judicial tenure commission or something of that nature that we are pursuing these uh, to make sure that instead of them trying to make examples out of freedom fighters like me or um, there's so many others that are, have gone through similar types of situations uh, you know they're trying to go after my good friend, uh, Sheriff Darleaf, because they don't like that he was basically investigating fraud of certain things that happened in November, 2020, that will remain nameless on YouTube. Uh, you know, it, they are trying to start trouble in that sense, or uh, some new friends of mine down in Florida who, you know, um, um, file complaints, uh, have filed uh, complaints about um, things that were being done by government officials or in this uh, particular example, um, a deputy for the sheriff's department that were uh, totally inexcusable and inappropriate, not to mention illegal. And uh, then you might have a sheriff or a prosecuting attorney or whomever that tries to jump in and say, oh, well, you know, we're going to prosecute you for X, Y, Z. We're going to come after you for a felony or uh, for, you know, whatever. Uh, countless people have been um, essentially been made examples of, and the government is trying to dissuade anyone from ever speaking up or speaking out or standing up to fight back against all this tyranny and other garbage. And those, those type of situations specifically are times like if you have your hands full and you're like, what should I get involved with? If you know of somebody that's being retaliated against, go after that first before doing anything else because it, it's the bully on the playground. You have the bully going after the person. If the kids 
back the 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 person being bullied, that bully is going to step down. And until they start seeing the people coming out in force, make your presence known. You don't even have to specifically do anything yourself. Just show up at different things or, or whatever. Uh, stand, you know, be on a call list. If, if this person is constantly being targeted, uh, somebody sends out a mass text and boom, everybody just shows up. Uh, with Catherine's case in particular, had, had she not been streaming and people calling the um, jail and the sheriff, I think they were calling both. The yeah. yeah, you know, they most likely would have taken her downtown, and who knows, you know, what they would have done with. And they yeah, were so to take my car illegally, take my child, and put her in the system, and uh, take me physically into custody. I mean, I was in custody already, but they were threatening to put me in jail and do, you know, what kind of, you know, forcing me to wear a mask when I have asthma and a medical note that says I can't breathe uh, with those on or whatever, you know, it was the people's eyes on that situation. So um, at any rate, that is, um, that is definitely something. In fact, Lori, I like that idea that you had about, um, a way to essentially have a band of people where, you, you know, you have a call list or something where if somebody is being targeted by government in some way uh, on a regular basis, then they can send out a quick message and people will just did she pause up. or did I pause? What's that? I didn't catch what you were saying there, Lori. Okay. I'm not sure if you can see again. Uh, I apologize to everyone for all of our technical glitches because uh, there's hopefully this this new um, programming will will work for us and it allows us to stream to more places. But you know we're trying things out. So again, the uh, the main purpose of uh, of all of this is to say the government does not have the final say unless we let them, that we, the people, have to stand up and do something. So um, in the end, uh, are you legally, you know, constitutionally required to follow an unconstitutional order? No, but make sure you are strategic in, mm -hmm. in recognizing what you're risking. So you know, in a situation where there's a um, an order that says you can't share this DVD under, you know, otherwise you'll be held in contempt of court, et cetera, et cetera. What am I risking? Now, legally, the judge would have no ability to do anything to me. But clearly, the judge and the prosecuting attorney and the sheriff's department, um, deputies, sheriff, everybody, None of them were following the law or following the Constitution so far. So do I want to allow myself to have to stay on defensive mode or do I want to better position myself so that I'm on offensive mode? That is, again, that's one of those logistical concerns I'm talking about. That's not a legal conclusion that, oh, well, you have to follow an unconstitutional order until a higher court tells you otherwise. No, no, you don't. You don't have to wait for the Supreme Court to recognize your God-given liberties in order for you to have them or exercise them. They are there. They are yours. What you do with them is your choice. So hopefully, uh, with all of that being said, we were able to part some 
uh, new knowledge on you, uh, or at the very least, to remind you of some very important and basic concepts that we all need to remember. And like I said, with this new format um, going out to new uh, platforms like the podcasting platforms and whatnot, we are going to make some slight changes to things and hopefully we'll have a constitution segment recap video for you available on all the platforms we're streaming to today. In addition to that, uh, going to um, TikTok and a couple of other places, uh, and as well having some sort of, um, you know, document PDF or whatnot that you can access to be able to see uh, the provisions that we talked about today. And it was quite a few of them. I may not go into quite all of those uh, laws and constitutional provisions because we had to bring up quite a few examples in order to drive home some of these points. But uh, we will nonetheless give you at least the basics in uh, a written format. So those of you who learn that way can benefit. But uh, I encourage you to join us tomorrow. It will not be a live stream or a podcast uh, streamed afterwards. It will be a post. But on Wednesday, we have our Way to Get Involved Challenge of the Week. Uh, Thursday, again, is going to be that video with the um, uh, written uh, document or, or PDF or whatnot that you can access through a clickable link. And Friday will be our Freedom Fighting Tools, as usual, again, uh, in a post format. We encourage you, though, to uh, make sure if you like the work that we're doing, if you like the constitutional advocacy and education efforts that have not stopped at all since all of this began, uh, I encourage you to help support us. Uh, that can come in a variety of ways. You can uh, donate financially to us, even Honestly, even five or ten dollars, if that's all that you can put towards it, that five or ten can go a long way. Uh, we are very conservative about how we spend money that we have. And quite frankly, the money that we've brought in from donations in the last two, three years uh, has not begun to cover all the expenses we have going out, uh, the streaming software or the newsletter software, any of that kind of thing, okay? Uh, the court fees for filing amicus briefs or, or whatever. So I ask you to consider uh, supporting us in that way. And uh, uh, our website on the shop donate tab has ways that you can donate in that regard. You can also um, uh, check back to that website, hopefully in a few days or so, uh, if not next week, when it'll hopefully be a little bit better looking and function a little easier. Uh, it was uh, it's the best I could do for the programming skills I have at the time, uh, given the, especially the time limitations. But anyway, uh, you can donate there. You could also do something as simple as hitting the like button on this video on whichever platform you're on, uh, commenting back and forth when you have questions or thoughts you wanna share, have that engaging conversation because it helps the algorithms and helps get this video in front of even more people. You can hit the share button to the post where this video is, uh, share it with other people on your same platform or share it with um, other platforms that we're not even on yet. Uh, tell your friends and family verbally about us. Uh, share the website. Uh, you can order our car magnets or window decals where there's a QR code that people can scan. Uh, you can get those T-shirts I mentioned earlier, uh, the last you know couple dozen or so that we have sitting in West Michigan uh, where people can see the website and, and look it up that way. 
And most importantly, pray. Yes. Pray for, you know, especially if if you can't financially, you're doing the other stuff, but you don't feel like it's enough, pray because that does tons too. (laughs) Yes, we, we definitely need your continued prayer for for us, our us as individuals, and things that are going on in our family lives, um, but also uh, that we're continuing to go forward in this mission in the way that God wants us to, uh, and bringing you the best constitutional education and advocacy that we can, uh, and that is pleasing to Him, and not just something that we think is fun and and something you know. To, take up our time with. So uh, please make sure to hit the like button, share button, subscribe, hit that uh, notifications button if you're on YouTube or a similar platform, or you can sign up to get alerted when we do go live. And barring any technical difficulties uh, that we've, we haven't had too many in the 37 episodes that we've done as far as extreme issues, but barring any technical difficulties, we will continue to come live to you every Tuesday at noon for this full episode. And uh, would love to to see you know your feedback about what time we should try to uh, share out our Thursday video, the Constitution segment recap. I'm thinking of something like 5 or 6 p.m. Might be able to catch some of you who have a, an easier time uh, later on in the day to listen to or watch something like that. So uh, at any rate, thank you so much for joining us here today. And uh, thank you for hanging in there with me as we go through all these technical issues. And we look forward to seeing you and our posts and videos and updates throughout the week. Uh, make sure to uh, subscribe to the RestoreFreedomKH.com slash updates uh, slash feed RSS feed so you can get those um, updates sent to you every time we post something. But uh, with all that being said, I hope you have an absolutely wonderful day and uh, God bless you and your own fight to restore freedom.